Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Friday, March 24th, 2023. This is The Gateway. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, the St. Louis American is celebrating 95 years as a community staple for Black St. Louisans. It's covered the issues that I think are important to people in the African-American community. And so I think that's one of the reasons that it's it has been able to survive. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson has more on the legacy of Missouri's single largest weekly newspaper. First, the news. The Missouri Senate has passed a pair of bills targeting transgender youth. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the bills now go to the Missouri House or any changes could jeopardize the legislation's final passage. The Missouri Senate voted 24 to 8 on a bill that stops transgender minors from accessing gender-affirming health care like puberty blockers and hormone treatment. Members also voted 25 to 8 on legislation that restricts transgender student-athletes through the collegiate level from playing sports that align with their gender identity. Senate President Pro Tem Caleb Rowden warned against the House making changes to the legislation. I hope they will recognize um, how difficult it was to get this thing done and, and recognize how much easier it is to, to uh, get something done on their side than it is on ours. Both Senate bills would either partly or fully expire four years after they go into effect. That expiration date is August 28, 2027, though it could be extended by lawmakers. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Meanwhile, the Missouri House advanced a substantial cut on corporate and income taxes. Missouri lawmakers approved legislation lowering the income tax from 4.9 percent to 4.5 percent. It would also reduce the corporate income tax rate from 4 percent to 2 percent. Republican State Representative Dirk Deaton says the bill has triggers in it that would prevent some of the provisions from going into effect if state revenues aren't high enough. This legislation will provide relief to all working Missourians, will provide for a brighter tomorrow for all Missourians and a stronger Missouri for all. Democratic legislators chastised the bill as a giveaway to the wealthy and a short-sighted move when the state has many needs. The legislation now heads to the Missouri Senate. Jana Elementary School is not expected to reopen, according to the Hazelwood School District. Students and teachers from the elementary school have gone to different Hazelwood District schools since November and the district says they will remain at their current schools. Jana Elementary PTA President Ashley Bernaw says the closure is the right choice. It really shouldn't be open to the public until it's safe, until it's clean. And right now, there's no level of radioactive contamination that is ever safe for children. Bernaw says she's hopeful Jana Elementary will eventually reopen since the district didn't say it would be closed indefinitely. A Washington University at St. Louis sociologist wants to improve the economic prospects of black men in St. Louis in their 20s who earn about half as much as their white counterparts. Starting next month, Homegrown STL will provide life coaching to black boys and young men to help them plan for the future. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. 
Homegrown STL's life coaching program will teach black boys and young men from 12 to 17 about the importance of education and relationship building. It also will show them how to gain wealth. Participants and their families will work with a trained coach to outline their goals. Coaches will share their networks to help the young men over time. Tori Drayton is the program's enrollment manager. He says life coaching can build social and emotional skills and help young black men plan their futures. Having a life coach to guide you, to be a hand to helping you reach the goals and your aspirations is pivotal. To learn more about the program, visit homegrown.wustl.edu. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. For nearly a century, the St. Louis American has been a trusted news source for Black St. Louisans. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson spoke with Rudolph Clay, an African and African-American studies and urban studies librarian at Washington University in St. Louis, as the paper celebrates its 95th anniversary this month. Why was there such a need for a black newspaper in 1920s St. Louis? Like, what was happening? Well, I think even probably before then that there had been a need, but there certainly wasn't a vehicle for communication about things that were happening specifically for black people in St. Louis. And I do remember also reading that one of the first campaigns after the newspaper was founded was a um, encouraging black people to utilize those institutions. Maybe we would call it by black now, you know, B-U-Y, B-L-A-C-K, but certainly to patronize our own institutions and commercial establishments, and also to be able to utilize those commercial institutions that did actually employ African-Americans. Of course, in 1928, we weren't that far away from, say, the uh, race riots that had happened in East St. Louis and in Chicago in the summer, I think, of 1919. Uh, so there were, had been a number of race riots recently all around uh, all around the country. So certainly politically, I think those riots and lack of having a, a communication piece for blacks in St. Louis were probably factors in establishing the newspaper. So on March 17th, 1928, the paper published its first issue and sold 2,000 copies with the leading headline, Pullman Porter's May Strike. Why was that story significant and how did it set the tone for other stories to come? I mean, that story, you know, Pullman Porters are an important part of African-American history throughout the country. And so there was certainly a large number of uh, Pullman Porters that actually lived in St. Louis. And so probably even in 1928, uh, a number of African-Americans, Blacks, knew someone that was a Pullman porter. And actually, the thinking about newspapers, you know, even before the St. Louis American, so let's say some of the other newspapers like that sort of a little bit earlier, like the Chicago Defender, they were actually, it was the Pullman porters that would actually distribute those newspapers to the various uh, stops on their route. So the Pullman porters were vocal, an important part of the community. But we also knew the treatment that the Pullman porters received in their, their working conditions and also their pay. So 
having a, a story like that would then say, so this is something that it, it, it's two things. It's local and it's national. So it's local because the number of Pullman carporters that were from St. Louis, but national in that because this was a, a national organization also. So having that as one of the earlier stories, I think would set the expectations of readers. So it started as an eight-page tabloid, and now it's the single largest weekly newspaper in the state. How has it evolved over time? Certainly in length, obviously, but that it that it survived, and when many of the others did not, the other, say, African-American newspapers, that it survived from when it started in 1928 till today. So, you know, going through World War II and then going through the Korean conflict and going through the civil rights movement, that it has stayed the course and brought editorials and coverage of news, locals, regional, um, national news. So former owner and publisher Nathaniel Sweets once said his vision of the paper was to, quote, give a voice to the African-American community that was lacking and bring them information they could use. Ninety-five years later, how has the American lived up to that legacy? It's covered the issues that I think are important to people in the African-American community. And so I think that's one of the reasons that it's it has been able to survive that it's looked at a place for for information that you can trust. That's St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis Thompson speaking with Rudolph Clay, an African and African American studies and urban studies librarian at Washington University in St. Louis. Our Jonathan All edited that piece. Ashley Lizenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, and this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.